Lord has really been stirring me tonight to talk to you about how to exercise your authority in Christ. This is a big thing because those of us, you've heard me talk about the authority of the believer, but there's something, there's a little adjustment where, where people miss it in their authority, okay? They start to think, and I'm going to kind of tell you where I'm going, and then we're going to back up and we're going to start over. They think that I've got to use my authority to fight Satan, to get him to let go of what he's doing in my life or what he's keeping from me. And that is not the exercise of your authority. The exercise of your authority is this. You are literally exercising your authority that's been delegated to you from Jesus Christ to enforce the victory that Jesus has already done. Okay? So it's not like I'm fighting Satan. You, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I become, see, I'm, I'm fighting the fight of faith. What is that? Is that against the devil? No, that's to stay at rest. That's to cease from my own works. But I'm submitted to the Lord, so I resist the devil right? I resist him in the name of Jesus, James 4, 7, and the Bible says he will flee. Why would he flee? Because he's defeated. Amen. There's already been a victory. Your healing's already been paid for. Your financial breakthrough's already been paid for. So now you use that authority and you say, you take your hands off this. And he'll try to get you into a fight. No, I don't need to fight you. Jesus did. You leave in Jesus' name, right? So that's, that's the adjustment that people don't understand. Volume is not power. Sometimes it feels like power, but volume's not power. The authority that we have been given in Christ as his body in the earth, man, Satan does not want you to know how to walk in it and how to exercise it. You sit here at rest and walk in massive victory, right? So let's look at this. You guys ready? Hallelujah. I know I'm ready. Man, the only thing I wish, I just, I, I think three-hour services would be great, but I'd wear, I'd wear people out. We'll go, to, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. See, that's something that I'm still growing in. Length of a sermon doesn't mean power either, okay? Because one word from God, and it's, it's good, right? But now we're going to do more than one words, because sometimes you have to really throw a lot of words out there to hear one, okay? I said that more for me than you, so I, I feel better now. So let's keep going. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. So this is Jesus he had sent out the 12 disciples. He gave them delegated authority. It's the Greek word excusia. He gave them delegated authority to go preach the kingdom, heal the sick, and cast out demons. Okay? So then they came back. Now Jesus is sending out 70. And he's like, okay, go preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Okay? So let's follow this. He doesn't say anything about demons. To them, 
but let's read the story. And the 70, so he sends the 70 out, and now they're returning. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. Through your name. You know, I've got some notes on the word through. It's really good. Let me look at my Bible here. I don't know if I put that in here. I was studying it this week, and I didn't put it in my notes, but let me, let me just see. Luke chapter 10. Yeah, I did write it. Okay, so the word through is the Greek word en, E-N. Okay? It's a primary preposition and denotes a fixed position in place, in time, or in a state. Okay? This, this word has the primary idea of rest. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. This is denoting that they weren't sweating and slapping. No, they were at rest. In the name of Jesus, come out. Right? So this word can be translated in. The devils are subject to us in your name. It could be translated this way. The devils were subject to us by your name, with your name, or at your name. In the name of Jesus, come out. And at, at your name, man, they, they came out. But it denotes the person that is speaking that is at rest. Now you got to get this, otherwise you're not going to understand the authority of the believer. You're going to be, when you're facing something and the symptoms seem to be getting worse or the circumstances getting worse, you're going to start thinking, man, I just need to yell more. I need to, no, 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 no. Psst. Hey, Satan, in the name of Jesus, ha, 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 you're defeated. You know it. And I know it. Right? That, it's, it's, this, it's this fixed position in time. It's a state. It's the state that I live in. Okay? Subject to us through your name. So the 70 found out the extent of their authority as they walked this out. You know what happened, right? Probably Peter came back when the 12 came back. And said, oh man, this guy, I said, he was, his head was spinning with 18 demons. And I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And it was crazy. The guy just was free. And he's telling all these other people. And the 70 are hearing it. So when G, you can imagine the 70 go out and they're like, okay, we got to preach the kingdom, heal the sick. But then this demon starts manifesting and they're like, you know, Joe looks over at Judas and goes, you know, remember that story from Peter? Hey, in the name of Jesus, come out. Wow, that was cool, right? They found out as they were walking it out, they found out the extent of their authority. Now see, it's a little different for us because when Jesus came out of the grave, all authority was given to him. He now has the keys of death and hell. That means he has, he has all the power. It's, all, it's, all, it's way beyond what it was even with the 70. 
So we don't have to figure all this out, but you will figure out the extent of your authority as you walk through life. How will you do that? You're walking through life and your son or your daughter has an issue. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is prompting you. You stand and you take authority over that in Jesus' name, right? And, and in another situation, you're in a situation at work and the Holy Spirit might say, okay, this is what I want you to do here. I want you to speak this and he'll give you another word. And, and as you walk this out, you'll learn the extent of your authority, okay? Verse 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So now here's Jesus on the earth. He's speaking now about how he saw, this is pre-Adam and Eve. Okay? This is pre-Genesis 2 and, and beyond. Right? At one point, it says in, in um, Isaiah 14, 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? So what is Jesus saying here? And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And Jesus said, listen, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, I have given you authority because Satan is already defeated. Okay? Now, Adam and Eve, Adam gave up the, the authority that he had been given by God. But listen, Jesus came on the scene. He, was, he, was, he took upon himself flesh. He was not born in sin. Right? So he could give delegated authority. Because the ultimate thing is Satan is defeated. Jesus is saying that you have authority because Satan is already defeated. Do you know Jesus would tell you that today? Guys, you have to know we have been given authority and Satan has been not just defeated now, he's stripped of everything, right? Satan, in other words, is a defeated foe. He is an illegal occupier of God's territory. He didn't come into this realm legally, right? Jesus came in legally. He took upon himself flesh. He was born of a woman, and he's in the earth now. How did Satan come? He deceived Eve. He, he you know, Adam gave him authority. So Satan is operating as an outlaw. But he's been stripped. You have dominion over him. You gotta know that because he'll steal, kill, and destroy from you unless you know that as a child of God. And he'll laugh about it, right? But boy, when you know your authority, he is done in your life. The exercise, again, of authority is simply the enforcement of the victory that has already been gained by Jesus. That's the exercise of authority. So then right after that is verse 19, this great verse that we talk about a lot. Jesus said this, Behold, I give you power, excusia. That means I give you delegated authority to tread, to tread. This Greek word means to have absolute mastery over 
serpents and scorpions. What is that? That is a type of the whole satanic hierarchy. Demons, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, all of it. You're to have absolute mastery. He gave them absolute mastery. How much more do you have as a New Testament believer? Right? And absolute mastery over all the power, this is a different Greek word, it means over all the ability of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, you, gotta, you have to renew your mind to that. Because the word of God just said there's nothing that Satan can do to hurt you. Wow. Right? So in other words, this, the literal rendering of this verse is God has given us delegated authority over all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Well, that would be a nice thing to walk around confessing. Because remember, it's like everything with God. It just doesn't, it just because he gave it to you, that does not mean you'll walk in it. Right? Somebody could give you a car, but if you don't believe they gave you a car, you could be walking in the rain to church just because you refuse to believe that somebody gave you a car, even though they did. In the same way, you could literally get beat up by the enemy illegally, even leave the planet early because of an attack of the enemy that he has no legal right to do. That's how come in John 10.10, 10, he said the thief comes to steal something. To steal what? The word of God. And then to kill and then to destroy, right? So here's another scripture. Let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. This is now Jesus comes out of the grave, the resurrected Lord. Look at what he says. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power. Now, the pow- the, this is all excusia, all delegated power. I mean, all delegated authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I mean, this means this is different than the delegated authority that Jesus gave the 70 and the 12. This is even different than the delegated authority that he walked in while he was on the earth. Now he came out of the grave. He has the keys of death and hell. Now it's a new day. Way beyond. In the old day, he said, guys, the old delegated authority that you had, you will have absolute mastery over serpents and scorpions, over the whole satanic hierarchy, and over all the ability of Satan. And now we are in a new and better day. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly right. Wow. Right? It says... Because of that now, now go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Why would he say that? Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. You're going to see this. It, you cannot walk in authority if you're not obedient to the word of God. That principle's all through the Bible. Okay, 
So, so this is a very big part of walking in your authority. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. See, Jesus got all the authority back so that now when he went to heaven, right? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. You and I are seated with him. But positionally, we're down here as his body, the head's leading us. We are to walk on this earth in authority, right? We have been given authority in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, guys, this is not, this is not multiple choice. When you, when you want to commit your life to Christ, you receive him and bow to his lordship, you get water baptized, and you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The only order is you got to get saved first. After that, you know, I mean, in, in early church, everybody was a tongue talker. They didn't have all, they, didn't, they weren't as smart as we are now. We've added a lot of stuff, right? But no, no, I mean, if somebody got saved in the early church and they get saved by a puddle of water, oh, well, let's baptize you, bam, and then now we need to talk about, you need to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. But, you know, you see it in every way, Right? Well, that'll mess up some people's doctrine, but if that messes up your doctrine, it needs to be messed up, okay? So just praise God. Praise God. Don't email me. You can, but it's a delete button. It's really easy. Bam. Just get in the Word and pray, and, and, you know, or, or ask, ask nicely, and we'll, we'll help you, okay? So in other words, you and I, as children of God, have been authorized and empowered you are authorized to be light in this world. You are authorized to walk in dominion in the earth. And you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. Amen? So, because we've been authorized and empowered, this is going to change the way we live. It's going to change our whole perspective. It will change our whole paradigm of life. Now, all things are possible to them who believe. Now, I run to the word because if I could run to the word of God and I could see it here, I know it's mine. And I know there's nothing the enemy could do to keep it from coming to pass. This is so important that we know this. So here's the controversy in the body of Christ regarding authority. The controversy is that God gave authority to 12 he gave authority to 70, but not to us today. Now, that doesn't seem like much of a controversy to me, but this is, people struggle with this. Satan loves that. He would love for people to think today that, you know, this all ended back in the early church, right? Because then they're defenseless against the enemy, right? So look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 real quick. We're not going to go really into it, but what I want you to see is God's initial plan for man, which has never changed. He's always wanted us to have dominion, right? Genesis 1:26, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. This word dominion is in the Hebrew language means the right and power to rule and govern. It literally means sovereign authority, right? 
There's a lot of teaching about God, how, uh, about the sovereignty doctrine of God, and much of it is not biblical. Is God sovereign? Yes. And here's rule number one of sovereignty in your life. Your will can trump God's will for your life. God wills that everybody gets saved, but not everybody will. He wills that all of his children walk in victory, but not all of them will. Right? God wants you to meditate in the word day and night, but you know what? You could have cho chosen today not to get in the word. Right? You could have chosen not to come to church, even though the Bible's real clear, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. But you could still, you know, an angel with a flaming sword's not going to appear in your living room and go, you better get your butt off that couch. Amen. Right? Yeah. Right? You're not watching a football game from 14 years ago. Right? You need to go to church. <laughs> right? God's not like that. So, look at this. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. That's a big one, because guess what Satan does? He's creeping on the earth. So you have authority over creeps, right? And he's the master of all of them. God always wanted man to have authority. Man was to exercise God's will by using his God-given authority, right? Notice, man was to have authority. See, God didn't remove Satan because Satan was to be a non-issue because God gave Adam and Eve authority. If, if Satan would have started talking to Eve, we know Adam was right there, because she turned and gave the fruit to him. First of all, she should have said, hey, what are you doing in this garden? You know, you're doing this, you need to be doing this. Shut up and get out. That's exactly what we're supposed to do to him. But forget Eve, right? The Bible says actually because Eve kind of gave into this conversation, she was deceived. Adam was never deceived. Adam should have went, whoa, hold on. You get out of here. Guess what would have happened if Adam would have said that? He, he would have had to leave. He would have had to leave, right? In the same way that when you say it, he has to leave. But sometimes we choose not to say it. Right? Right? See, we're learning some things tonight. Adam and Eve were given everything needed to exercise God's will on the earth while Satan was present. He's a non, he was to be a non-issue. Most believers believe this, that God's will can only be accomplished if Satan is gone. God, please get him out of my life so my life could be better. And God is sitting here saying, use the authority that I've given you and get him out of your life. He's to be a non-issue in your life. Bind him, shut him down, right? Let his very existence everywhere you go be an example of what I did to him, right? I stripped him and now you're holding him accountable to that. You shut up and you get out.
right? You can't have my kids. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my finances. You can't have my health. No more because of what Jesus has done for me, right? God put man on the earth to have dominion in the very presence of Satan. And God's original intent was for man to exercise his God-given authority as an example of God's victory over Satan. Right? Even in the Old Testament, listen, he was cast out of heaven. Satan is a pre-Adamic loser. Okay, he lost ever before Adam and Eve ever came on the scene. So look at this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. I hope that this ignites a fire within you. Because as a refresher to just go, man, I am not putting up with him anywhere in my life again. Because he is defeated. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of my life. He's Lord of all, right? 2 Corinthians 4.4, it says, in whom, this is talking about Satan, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Satan, the ultimate deceiver, can't even blind the minds of an individual, even somebody who's not saved, unless they make a decision, I'm not going to believe the word of God. He can't blind anybody. But this is, we, I want you to see, see this word world. Do you know many times the word world in the New Testament is the word cosmos. It means the world system. This word world is a different word. It's like aeon. It means the age in whom the God of this age, this, this specific period of time, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. I mean, even the demons. You know, we have Christians sitting here going, oh, you know, Jesus isn't coming back. They've been saying that forever. And I'm sitting here going, even the demons, right? Here's Jesus. He gets out of a boat. There's a guy that's possessed by a lot of demons, the madman of Gadara. And this demon is like, they start begging him, don't cast us out of this region. Because, you know, we, we have built some authority here. Can you just send us into the pigs? But, but what did they say before that? Jesus, are you, are you here to judge us before the time? They could tell the schedule. Right? And the Bible says, man, this day, this rapture of the church, it is not to catch us off guard. It will catch, it'll be like a thief in the night to those that don't know the Lord. But to think we're not in the season like right at the season of his coming, you're foolish. There's no prophetic thing that has to happen. The next prophetic event on this planet for us is the rapture of the church. It says, in whom the God of this world or this age has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan became the God of this world, so to speak, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Their delegated authority, Adam and Eve's delegated authority, was transferred to Satan when they disobeyed God's word. Okay? God worked from that point, though, forward to accomplish his purpose in mankind. Why? 
to restore him to authority. From that point in time when Adam and Eve fell, God started working for the purpose of restoring the authority to man. All right? What does God do? He cuts covenant with Abraham. The curse is upon the earth, but God made Abraham rich in the midst of it because of the covenant. God blessed him with flocks, with herds, with silver and gold, and increased him in a very much miraculous way. So Abimelech in the Old Testament made an alliance with Abraham, or he was then at the time called Abram, right? When Abimelech made this alliance with Abram, who was in covenant with God, Abimelech's wives could not, and you know, that, that, um, I don't, can't fathom that, more than one wife, right? But his wives could not have children. Abram exercised his authority, prayed for Abimelech, and his wives started having children. So we see an exercise of authority after God cuts a covenant. This was an exercise of authority. See, when God gives his instruction and makes a covenant with mankind through Abraham, he begins to literally exercise supernatural authority that man could have never had within himself. Abram could have never prayed for Abimelech's wife and caused them to have children, but because of his obedience and a covenant was cut where Jesus was the guarantee now we start to see things happening. Isaac operated in supernatural authority. Genesis chapter 26, it's, I think it's about verse 12, it says that Isaac prospered a hundredfold in a time of famine. So Abraham, God comes to Abraham or Abram and says, hey, get out of here, there's a famine coming, go to Egypt. Fast forward years later, Isaac Famine's coming. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay, Isaac. Now think about Isaac. But my dad left and he prospered. But now God's telling me to stay. And I, and what do you, what do you mean? I, I'm a farmer and I'm going to stay in a famine. And God prospered him a hundredfold. See, people, if you read about Isaac, people literally recognize that God was with him because of the authority he exercised as he obeyed the word of God. As he obeyed the word of God, right? Jacob, you see Jacob exercising authority. But, you know, you know the story with Jacob. Jacob tricks Esau out of his birthright, right? Then Jacob works for his wonderful uncle Laban, right? Laban has taken advantage of him, in other words, Jacob is reaping what he sowed, right? Because he took advantage of Esau. But look at this. Jacob is working for his uncle. And even though Jacob's in this situation, Jacob supernaturally prospers. Why? Because of Abraham's obedience to the word of God. Obedience to God's word always brings results. I'd love to tell you, and this is why you got to be careful with, with anybody who's teaching you, listen, is there forgiveness for you? Yes. 
Is there unlimited forgiveness and mercy where all your sins paid for? Yes, but that doesn't give you a license to sin because when you walk in disobedience to God's word, you can't walk in authority. That's a biblical principle. And that's why God gave us his grace to empower us to walk holy before him, to be able to be fearless enough to literally obey his word, right? Right now, we live in a Christian environment that is so entertainment-driven, the world is kind of like, why would I want to be a Christian? Actually, the, the Christians or the people that I know, they go to this church or that church or whatever, man, they, they gossip more, they're, they're meaner, they're this or that. They look a lot like me. I'd rather, I'd rather go, you know, do something else on Sunday. They don't see it. And then you have other Christians just as bad. They're out there beating people up with the Bible. Those, those are the ones that really have some hidden sin. Because they're beating other people up because of the inner turmoil of their own life. Right? Jacob, obedience to God's word always brings results. So then, let's kind of slow down a little bit. Now, Exodus chapter 14, Moses. Moses is a type. You've heard me talk about this before. In Old Testament types, Moses is a type of a child of God. Okay? God gave him a staff, which represents, it's a, it's a type. It represents the name of Jesus that a New Testament believer is to use in his life. Okay? So Moses Number one, he obeyed God and he released 10 plagues that showed God's greatness and supremacy over the gods of Egypt. If you study these plagues, they came, I mean, it was just like right in the face. Oh, you're going you're gonna to worship frogs? Great. Let me show you something. You're going to have frogs up to here, right? So the 10th plague was the death of the firstborn. And sometimes we don't realize the magnitude of that. See, this plague, this plague would have been thought impossible in the Egyptian belief and culture. Why? Because Pharaoh was considered God, and you're not able to kill God's son. So this would have been an impossible one. It was thought impossible to kill God's son. But guess what happened? It did happen. And then two to seven million Jews left Egypt healed, prosperous, and totally free. Moses, so now you got to look at Moses. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house to be a military leader of the greatest army on the planet. He would have, been, he would have studied military strategy from the greatest on the planet. Okay? And then what does Moses do? He obeys God and follows God's leading, and he leads the children of Israel to a place he would have never taken them. Right? Moses led the children of Israel to a place with mountains on both sides, the Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh's pursuing army behind them. No military leader would ever give up high ground. But Moses did it because he obeyed God. Why did he go that way? Because God told him to. So now in Exodus 14, 13, look at this. Exodus 14, 13, 
And Moses said unto the people, fear not. So here's the people, the Red Sea's in front of them, mountains on both sides, they can't go anywhere. And here's the most powerful army in the world, not looking real happy, swords drawn, spears in hand, coming after them from the back. Moses says to the people, fear ye not. In, in other words, don't fear. Why would Moses say that? Because it's impossible, impossible for you to obey God if you're in fear. You got to get fear out of your life. Okay? He says, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen this day, you shall see them again no more forever. Wow. Now keep in mind, obedience is always the key when you're talking about authority and exercising authority. You cannot get God's word to work if you don't obey it. You cannot obey God's word if you're in fear. Does that make sense? This is why Satan's going to try to get you into fear. Right? And most of the time, that word fear in the Bible means something that turns you into a coward. It's giving you a picture of something that hasn't really happened yet. You get diagnosed with something where the fear really comes is when you start getting videos in your head about, gosh, what's my wife going to do? What's my kids going to do? What's going to happen? This is going to suck all my finances away, my life, right? Things that have not even happened yet. Verse 14, he says, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So it, let's just stop for a second. Verses 13 and verses four, and verse 13 and verse 14 is a picture of what happens today when Satan tries to steal what God has already given you. Okay? Deliverance has already been accomplished. They already have been delivered, right? They left Egypt prosperous, healed, and free. When we were born again, what happened to us? We were made new, and then we were transferred out of the delegated influence of darkness, and we were put in, once and for all, the kingdom of God. No longer under the delegated influence of darkness. You're not there. Well, it sure feels like I'm there, Pastor. Okay. So are you going to believe what God said, or are you going to believe what you feel? Right? If you get in fear, you're not going to be able to obey what the Word says. Pharaoh, who is a type of the devil in this story, tries to take away the deliverance that was already accomplished. This is a picture of our life today, guys. Satan is trying to take away from you so that you never walk in what God's already provided for you. The final plague that caused Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go was the plague of death of the firstborn. What is that a type of? It's a type of Jesus, the death of the firstborn. Moses tells the people, the Lord will fight for you. And then, I mean, this sounds powerful, and then all of a sudden, here we are at verse 15. 
And then the Lord said to Moses, who is a type of a New Testament believer, why do you cry to me? At, you know, the first few verses, you're going, Moses, man, you are the, you are the man. Hello. You're standing there declaring this Egyptian army's history. But then God's rebuking Moses. Why do you cry to me? Now, he's a type of a New Testament believer. Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. He's like, don't cry to me. Speak to them and tell them to go forward. See, Moses had to be talking to the Lord about him, God, taking care of the Egyptians. Oh, God, please heal me. Please take care of this sickness in my body. And God's going, why are you crying to me? My son, I literally beat him with the root and judgment of all sickness and all disease and every sniffly nose, every bit of cancer, everything was put on him. I was there. I did it. Why are you crying to me? Use what I gave you, the name of Jesus, and tell sickness to leave. This is what he's saying to Moses. Speak to the children of Israel that they may go forward. See, Moses exercised authority to get them free by obeying what the Lord told him to do. So now the Lord tells Moses to speak to the people so that they can go forward. You will have to speak and if you're ever going to want to go forward. Amen. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't camp. But we can't walk if we're not speaking. You can't go forward. You can't walk in your healing if you don't walk around declaring that you're healed. You can't walk free from financial distress. You can't have things in your life restored. and Right? See, our words cannot be stout against God and walk in our authority. Isn't that simple? And all we got to do, don't beat yourself up, just make the change. Verse 16, Moses, God tells Moses, but lift up your rod which is a type of the name of Jesus, and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. What? God told Moses to divide the Red Sea. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. If you're going to follow God, God's going to tell you to do some things that the reality of it is only he can do. So when God tells you to do the impossible, get real happy. And, and obey so that you can walk in the authority. Guys, I'm telling you, everything we've been teaching on this year is about you grabbing hold and walking in the freedom whereby Christ has made you free. This is to change everything. And guys, we don't have a lot of time God needs you healed. He needs you strong. He needs you free. 
from all addiction. He needs you free from unforgiveness. He needs you to walk free and have your life restored. He wants your life and your family to be a picture of his goodness. But you're going to have to use the name of Jesus to move forward in this. Hallelujah. See, lift up your rod. So now there's only one solution to the devil robbing them of health, prosperity, and freedom that God had already given them. There's only one solution, right? They walked free from Egypt. They were free. They were prosperous. They were healed. And now here comes the devil to take it all away, but there's one solution. Moses had to obey God's word and exercise the authority that God had given him. That's the only solution. For you to walk in it, that's your solution. Stop playing the game, well, why this and why that? and Why did God allow that? No, no, all that gets your eyes off God and on natural things. Yeah. No, you stand and you obey God and do whatever he tells you to do. And listen, your brothers and sisters can't tell you what to do. Right? You work out your own salvation. Right? Now they could confirm some things. They could help you. But you got to know. And then you exercise the authority that God has given you. Right? See, Moses had no physical or natural ability to part the Red Sea. Moses does not perceive within himself when God says this to him. He doesn't perceive any natural, supernatural ability to part the Red Sea. He doesn't feel anything. Moses doesn't seem to know that he has that authority until God speaks to him. Isn't that interesting? This is where most of the church is. We have authority but we don't know how to exercise it or we don't even know we have it, right? Moses, what does he do? Like what he always does, he obeys and does what God says. In other words, he just does the word of God. He's a doer of the word. Verse 21 then goes on to say, the Lord parted the sea. In other words, Moses acts on what God says and things supernaturally change. That's why obedience is the key. Never say no to God. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues or the boundaries of your life. Don't get so in. See, so many believers, they just got to have it their own way. And the minute you get in pride, you're blind and you have a blind spot. Right? And if you have a blind spot, you won't see things. So, so submit your life to God, to his word. Lord, help me today. See what I'm not seeing. Help me see what I'm seeing incorrectly. Show me, is there unforgiveness that I haven't taken care of? Show me, is there some things? Now, as you're sitting there, I'll guarantee you, there's all of us are probably sitting here going, you know, there's some things in my life that, I, that are constantly there then just give that to him. Trust him to empower you to walk free from it. And don't say no. Why? Because you got to obey him 
if you're going to ever walk in the authority he's given you. Why is that? Because, because he won't work the authority? No, no, he's already given you the authority. You have it. God never takes back anything he gives to you. You just can't use it. You won't, you won't be able to see, which means you won't be able to say, because we only say what we see. We could only move in the direction that we see. So that's why we got to just humble ourselves. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is so important. We go on and we see Joshua. He exercised his authority to stop the sun from going down. God, it says on that day, the God of heaven hearkened to the voice of a man. Do you know how excited God was? He's like, wow, Father, we told this guy, no man will ever be able to stand before you all the days of your life because as I was with Moses, I'll be with you, Josh. Now look at this guy. He's in a battle. They're kicking these people's butt. The sun's going down and Joshua wants to be done with it. So he looks up at the sun and he says, stop. And God goes, that's cool. I'm stopping the whole universe for this guy. He exercised his authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elijah stopped it for raining, from raining for three years and then told it to rain again. You see men and women exercising authority over the laws of nature. The laws of nature were superseded. Leprosy, diseases were healed. You see supernatural events happening because God made a way for man to have authority in the earth once again. I just, this is exploding within me. I refuse to let Satan steal anything from me anymore. And let's just hook arms and let's do this together because we're stronger together than we are separate. Because we're made to be together. So, you know, I'm not going to apologize if there's no great leadership quotes or no funny jokes in a sermon. No, we're going to get in the word of God and rejoice in all that his word is. Because this is all about him. And he wants you free. He, he literally has positioned you and given you freedom. And he wants you to walk in it and he'll help you. I love it. Man lost his original authority. Why? By yielding and obeying Satan. You cannot exercise authority over the devil if you're yielding to him. Right? So just stop. Yeah, but I've been yielding to him for 35 years. Well, guess what? I've got great news for you. So what? Right now is a new time. Forget those things that are behind you. Just repent. Change your mind, change your will, change your purpose. Right? Repent. Metanoia. Wow, that just blew up inside of me. Because most Christians don't know what it means to repent. Right? Because we think repent is remorse. We feel really bad, and we wonder why we can never change. No, we got to understand repentance. Man, I need to preach on that. Hallelujah. Boy, that hit me big. 
Anyway, let's keep going. You cannot walk in your authority while you're listening to wrong people that are saying wrong things. See, wrong associations. If you're a, here's the note taker thing. Wrong associations, this is an equation. It's not a mathematical equation, it's a spiritual equation. You want math equations, go to Pastor Edwin. Although if you want spiritual equations, go to Pastor Edwin as well, wow. He's a full service minister of the gospel, right? If you want mathematical equations, don't come to me. Wrong associations equals wrong listening, which equals wrong obeying, which equals an inability to exercise authority. So God's plan for man to exercise God's will on the earth through the delegated authority that God gave him it has never changed. The sacrifice of animal blood in the Old Testament brought man back into union with God for a short season. The only way to operate in authority is to be in obedience to the word of God. That's how we do it. You have to get obedient to the word of God. Right? That's how come this Jesus as a peripheral part of my life doesn't work. Why? Because you'll be too distracted to ever get in faith. And, and as you go through life like that, you'll have inner turmoil. Things will get real confusing. And pretty soon you could even get offended by God and, and even start thinking, well, maybe he's doing this or doing that. Right? James 4, 7, remember this. It doesn't say resist the devil and he'll flee. It says submit yourself. Notice it doesn't say submit your wife, submit your husband, no, it doesn't say submit your brother or sister. It says submit yourself, to, therefore, to God. Then resist the devil and he'll flee. Right? So, again, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power, delegated authority, to have absolute mastery over the whole satanic hierarchy and over all of Satan's ability, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But see, there's a natural tendency in us, a natural tendency, not, it's, not, it's not coming from our spirit, it's the natural tendency to think that we have to, in our own ability, do something, right? Now, there is a natural tendency in your spirit to exercise authority, but the natural tendency that comes from an unrenewed mind or your flesh is to exercise authority by fighting. Right? You're, you think, okay, I'm going to I'm just, you know, I'm going to get my fatigues on. I'm going to go and I'm going to kick some devil's butt. That's a wrong focus. We don't exercise authority by fighting. See, there's a natural tendency to see the devil as your enemy and then act out to take him down. Don't ever do that because Jesus already took him down. Don't get in that game. It's just a little tiny adjustment. I hope I'm preaching that okay. See, there's a difference between being in a fight and being a fighter. 
Oh, you might be in a fight, but don't be a fighter. Jesus already won it. Remember, you're at rest. Don't let the fight that you're in right now turn you into a fighter. Satan loves that because now the, the verdict's going to be up to you. No, no, let it, let it be Jesus, right? How do I fight my battles? Here comes Satan with weapons that look crazy. I'm just at rest. I'm submitted to God. Father, I thank you for your great love for me. Satan, it is written, whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and I bind you in the name of Jesus. You're defeated. I command you to leave my body. Take your hands off my family. Leave my life. I know you could hear me. Father, I thank you for the victory. The end. Walk away. But I just need to do more. No, Jesus did it. Jesus did it. You're going to have to be full of the word to do that. Otherwise, you'll start hearing some things that will cause some fear, and then you won't be able to operate in your own. You won't be able to obey, and you won't be able to operate in your authority. When the Holy Spirit tells you, hey, listen, that person that really hurts you, I want you to start praying for them. That person that, that stole a lot of money from you, I want you to send them money and bless them. Just do it. Just do it. God's trying to help you walk free. Right? Hallelujah. See, the exercise of authority is not fighting the devil to make him turn loose. The exercise of authority, as I've said a couple different times today, is you and I simply enforcing the victory that has already been gained by Jesus. See, the Bible never tells us to fight the devil. The Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. The Bible just says resist the devil. Right? The fight of faith is to stand and praise God for what he's already provided for you. In the midst of everything looking like it's not working out, I'm just like, yeah. Hallelujah. You, th this is the most powerful position you'll ever be in. I'm not carrying it. I'm not working. I love what Kenneth Copeland says. Satan, you don't know how much I don't care. You can't even fathom how much I don't care about you. Lester Summerall, all of a sudden he's asleep in his house, and all of a sudden there's all this racket in one of his bedrooms. He walks down, he opens a door, and he sees discerning of spirits. He sees Satan in the bedroom. What does he do? Oh, it's only you. Slams the door, goes back upstairs, and goes to bed. That's the way we're to live, right? Do you know you're going to look on him one day real soon, and this is going to be our initial response? It was him? What, that, that's the guy? And the reason why we're going to do that is because you're not going to look like you do right now. You're going to see a lot more. You're going to see who you really are. And who God's made you is way beyond because you're in Christ. I love this. These are a, see, there's a fine line here. Do you see that? 
We cannot get mad at the devil to the point we start trying to fight him with our own flesh or in our own strength. Be angry, but don't sin. Right? Hallelujah. Where there's so much. Authority, I'll just finish with a couple statements. Authority is the exercise of the victory that has already been gained. It is a matter of knowing who has the authority. Authority works when you keep the emotion and the forcefulness of your flesh completely out of it. Okay? So that's why we teach all these things about meditating in the word, about identity, about faith, so that you could keep all that out and walk out of your spirit. Satan will always tell you what he's going to do. Do you notice that? You know why he does that? Because he's trying to convince you. Right? How will he tell you? Will you hear an audible voice? No, you might, it might be a pain in your body. It might be your work's not working out. Your business, some situations are happening, and they're all speaking to you. He's trying to convince you. Right? See, he's trying to convince you. You know why? Are you ready to shout? Because you're the one who decides. Amen. You decide. You decide. He doesn't decide. You decide. I love this. It is about you fighting the devil to get something or keep something. No, I'm joking. It's not about that. I was kind of tricking you there. It's not about that. It is not about you. It's about him. Right? It's about him. It's not about you fighting the devil. It's not about you fighting him so that you could keep something or get something. No, no, no. You already have it. What does the word say? He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, right? He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He will always cause you to triumph in him. He always gives you the victory. He will make the crooked places straight. He will, be, he will make darkness light before you. That's who God is. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's with me. Man, he's right in my mouth and he's in my heart. I speak his name and things start happening. Right? So we've talked a little bit about authority tonight. Give you something to think about the rest of the evening. Let me pray for you. Now listen, after... After this service, Pastor Edwin is going to be down here with his ministry team. If you have never invited Jesus to be Lord of your life and committed your life to him and invite him in so that he can now work in your life, make you new, he loves you so much, he has a plan for your life. If you've never done that, come down here. Man, they will pray with you and we'll help you get started in this walk with the Lord. If you need prayer in any area, God has provided everything, and his healing power is available to you, his supernatural provision, his supernatural freedom from all addiction, depression, anxiety, fear, all of it, it's all here, and you can leave here walking in freedom tonight. So whatever you need, his answer is yes. Amen?